Hello and welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Jeff. And I'm Matt. Guys, it's a big, it's a big game. It's a big game today. I can't <laughs> believe it's... Uh, yeah, I was just thinking back. Me and Dan were talking one year ago. I went over to his house for the Super Bowl. And it's one of those things where it's like it reveals the time vortex... Uh, oxymoron uh paradox of 2020 of like some things like super this the last super bowl feels like three years ago whereas some other things felt like yesterday like there's just it's chaos yeah there's no order to the universe anymore but i'm just excited to watch uh the the big game uh I'm, (laughs) i'm excited to watch the kansas city chiefs uh, play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh who who are you rooting for? Definitely the Buccaneers, dude. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. I I used to be the guy who was like, "Oh, I'm just watching for the commercials." And then that became a cliche, I guess, because somebody decided that it's a cliche to enjoy things. Um <laughs> well also it's pointless because I remember I I did that too and uh I even sometimes watch them online and stuff but like after the day you see them all all the time because yeah, it's every, called, yeah. every every uh company that spent millions of dollars on the super, they're not going to just never play that commercial again so I'm going to see it it's not a big deal Also the other thing is I just it's it is it is uh let's see it's about noon for me and Danish on Sunday before the big game right now and I just searched same same for me same time zone I for I forget where you even fucking live most of the time (laughs) it's just Uh, a little north of Antarctica Uh, just a little bit that's fine um and I just searched for 2021 Super Bowl commercials and here they all are so it doesn't matter I guess anymore. But the other thing is, like, trailers is, are one thing, right? But commercials, I pay for premium streaming services that do not have them. So if I if I don't care enough to watch commercials in my everyday life, why am I? Why because should I be not expected the same. to care? Oh, the, because yeah, they're different commercials. Yeah, they're it's, short films. Yeah, but they're always you, different commercials. No, 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 Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. You've been watching Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> you've, been, you've been watching you've been watching student films all year round and now you get to see that triple a yeah. theater shit for one day out of the year this is what you get and you get to see what like, you get to see what miller light brings to the table when they're fucking <laughs> firing on all cylinders and you know what it's probably big horses but but you don't know and that's <laughs> the thing like i saw was up when it was at the local community college like before they made it big. <laughs> oh, so bad. This analogy so bad. sucks. I'm, I hate it. I hate what happened. Uh, anyway, I was going to keep going with this bit, but that just killed it. Uh, <laughs> killer. <laughs> anyway, um, I should have my soundboard. And we should do. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't have my soundboard. What? Wait. What? What soundboard are you talking? Why do you have a soundboard, man? Oh. Oh, uh, remember the question. getting steamed whistle? The, the oh, oh right, whistle. right, right, the whistle. Yeah, yeah no, no, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that was the only time we ever used it. Uh, what have you guys been playing? Jeff, I'm not playing any. I'm not playing anything. I played. No, I, I really did play a ton of games this week. Um, I I kind of got into a funk for a while, and so I, I do what I always do, and I like I played five or six games this week. Um, two I want to call Jesus. out. One is Blue Fire. 
which is out for the mm-hmm. Switch and the PC. Uh, Blue Fire is really, really, really good. It's also really, really, really hard. It is a an action platformer, little indie game. Um, you can get it right now for 18 bucks. Totally worth it. Um, but it's like if you mashed up Ocarina of Time with Mario 64 and then you skinned it with like a 3D Hollow Knight. It's quite the mashup. I've heard Hollow Knight. I've heard a lot of people re- reference Hollow Knight. Yeah. It it's nowhere near as deep as Hollow Knight. Um so I I think like what I described it to a few people um after having played for a couple days was like Ocarina of Time mixed with Mario 64. Um, Switch only? Yeah. Switch and, and the PC. I'm really into it. Once people said it had super hard platforming, for some reason I was like, I have, I don't I can't think of a game Dude. that had third that third person. Yeah, 3D. That's mm. the big thing. Third person 3D super hard platforming. For some reason it's, that really appealed to me. That exact combination. Yeah. It's it's I guess Mar- really, Mario Galaxy is the other one that would say. No, yeah. Mario Galaxy though doesn't hold a candle. This is like if you Whoa. did a 3D camera on Super Meat Boy. Like it's it can be that hard at times. Well, I'm saying not main, not the mainline Mario Galaxy, but if you go for like completionist shit, oh yeah, Mario Galaxy gets fucking hard. So that's like yeah, uh, even Odyssey was like it, to to get from beginning to end of Odyssey was you could be asleep, right? You could just walk in a straight yeah. line and you would yeah. hit enough moons or whatever to yeah. get to the next planet. But if you wanted to get a lot of moons, they man, there was some crazy shit in there. Yeah, other than that. But no, this looks really cool. Uh, I'm t- definitely going to check this out. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I play a little bit of Ori. I've been doing that. I, I've yeah, been Ori's a hard time, so good. I've been having a hard time sticking with it for some reason. Not because of the game. I think it's just me where I'm at right now. I'm just not sticking with stuff. But I got I, lost. Yeah, I just got map. stuck and lost, and the map didn't help. The map been, is weird. I, the map is weird because there's a point in the game where you, you it feels like you can choose your path. And it's like, yeah. you have to go here to do this. You have to go there to do that. It's like you're joining magic shit up to like heal yeah. the forest. Um, and it doesn't really tell you how to get to these four no, extra that areas. That is so, very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I'm sad, do I have no idea what to do. I have no idea. I'm, I, I'm sad that I got stuck. And it's just one of those things where it's hard to look up to. I, I just want to say in the last, I don't know, five, ten years or whatever, I am so over any hesitancy to look shit up. Like if I'm stuck for more than 10 minutes and I even feel slightly frustrated, I'm looking it up because I don't, my life's too fucking short. Yeah. I mean, but, I, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I do that some, on some games for sure. Yeah, but, I refuse. But some, <laughs> some games, uh, it doesn't help that much because it's hard to you know figure so, out. So saying. Danish, like fair warning, if you get lost in Ori and the Will of the Wisps, you will get lost in Blue Fire. Like- there is no map whatsoever and it being 3d and there's Whoa. some dark souls elements to it where like, like areas kind of loop back on themselves in, in different places. So what's like, the, what's the save system like save system. You can save at any time, but there are bonfire equivalents called fire shrines, uh-huh. uh, that are your spawn point. So if you die, you go back to the last one you rested at. So what's the point of saving? So what's the point of saving? <laughs> uh, say like, your inventory, your skills, your like um, Hollow Knight had badges. You have spirits in this um, that you equip as skills. So like the only so thing. So you're saving your character progress, but not your position. Right. But also the things you do in the world are persistent. So if you unlock a door, that door is unlocked. 
So those are the things you're saving, but you're, you're not saving your, um, I think it saves your position. I haven't exited out and back in yet, but like, if you die, you do go back and you have to, you have to backtrack. Fortunately, they, the checkpoints are few and far between kind of like demon souls, but they usually put them at like a, an area that is central to a given puzzle or, um, if it's a dungeon, it'll just be like the beginning of the dungeon. And usually there's like a straight path to the boss once you finally unlock it. So it's not that bad, but it is I'm, Soulsian. I am too old for far spread out save points. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Ghost Runner is perfect because it feels far. But once you like try and try again, you know, because it's really fucking hard, uh, you can get back. You can beat it in like you know, 45 seconds. Is that the game you were telling, you were going to tell me to play? Cause I was yeah, craving. You, you're okay. saying, well, no, yes, but you said, but then you said like, you can't think of third person. I'm like, Oh yeah. That's, that's what I thought yeah. you were getting at is that I should play yeah. that. And I do want to play that. It Ghost looks Runner's really good. Yeah. I need that. sort. I need that. Like I need that. I don't know what it is yeah. that that is, but I need it right now. It's, yeah. it's like an arcade mentality. Like, I mean, I, I always think back to the PS4 launch when you platinumed Rezogun in like three hours. Like, it was insane. You just blew through that. That out. was not three hours. <laughs> was a, time time worked different back then. I get where you're coming from. That's true. But that was... that was You spent like a month oh, on it. It was pro- probably... Yeah, I was going to say a couple weeks. So it's somewhere yeah. between three hours and a month. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah, there's an itch there that gets scratched when you're just yeah, trying just, to be cleaner, be more precise, be better over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Got to get that uh, over it's, it's, it's the trials. It's the trials gameplay yeah. loop, which I love, and Celeste and stuff. Uh, very cool. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there what you've been playing? Well, I, I want to plug real quick Destruction All-Stars, which came out for PS Plus. I have some thoughts on it, um, but uh, you guys haven't played it yet. Yeah, and um, I want to play it, so we, maybe we can table that. Yeah, all I want to uh, say is that it looks very good. It controls. Yeah. The cars control really good. I don't like the control on the, the character when you're out of the car as much, but the yeah. cars feel great. There's Because it's a Demolition Derby-style game, the destruction on the cars affects the driving, where like if I skid against the wall on my right side, my car's going to start pulling to the right like because there's oh. all this damage, and your tires can wear out, and you leave these... like. Uh, hot streaks on the ground where the the rim is grinding against the asphalt. So, like the attention to detail on the driving is really good. I want to ask about that actually because very few games do that because it just feels annoying. Like, and it, it it's like people it's it's not especially if it's an arcadey type game. Like you expect people to kind of bump into things, but if that is too penalizing. That could feel like bad. To yeah, play. it's so, it's like if I'm playing Forza though, and it, like or I'm playing yeah. like uh, Gran Turismo, and I have three laps to do on a five mile track or whatever, and I and I hit a curb, and now my car's pulling to the left for the entire race. That sucks. But in Destruction All Stars, you can just jump out and get in another car. Yeah, right? you're it, changing I, cars I so regularly. And oh, that's they don't, cool. Then. They don't have a ton of health, so you kind of have to do it. But that's also I part of the, that. the platforming. Cool. There are two different ways to exit your car. And one of them is like a super high jump, which is kind of tactical. Uh, the mm-hmm. other thing, like in Fords and stuff, you can always turn that off. Like that's always like on the sim settings of destruction. Yeah. Usually it's just Yeah, cosmetic. but what are you playing Forza for then? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Destruction All-Stars, the loop is really good. So just to be clear, I played the game's tutorial, which is what pops up when you first load in. 
which goes over all the mechanics. And then each character has like an AI match and the matches last like 20 to 30 minutes um, where it teaches you all about that character's specific skills, but it also kind of backtracks over the same stuff you did in the first tutorial. That's what I played. So I put about an hour into it, but I did not do any online stuff because at that point they had not patched the voice chat bullshit. Are you guys familiar with this? No. Oh yeah. They forced you into voice chat with a bunch yeah. of racist children. <laughs> when you <laughs> enter into multiplayer game, it oh, used man. to be that lobby voice chat was defaulted on and you had to manually turn it off every single match in your PS five system settings by tapping the PS button and hitting square. Uh, they finally patched that out, but I haven't played since then. Could mm-hmm. it have been conspiracy theory done on purpose? Why? Like, okay. Because and I want to, I want to talk about this more next week. Cause there's some things in this game that make me go, why? Well, yeah, I think the other stuff you're getting at. No, but Let's think, let's think about, let's think like a lawyer real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, legal, legal on YouTube. We, we need like the law and order thing. Check this out. I'm going, I'm going full tinfoil hat. You, you, you get a game, you put it out into the world. You do something fucking moronic like this, like that every single person who ever looks at it goes, why would they do that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There's nobody would make that decision. And they go, we're going to fix it in a patch within three days. Look at how well we're listening to the community. We're the good guys. Plus, or you get that extra <laughs> advertising from all the all the like Kotaku that go, they finally fixed their chat. So, or you do, uh, if you're Nintendo, you do part one, but you don't do part two. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You just put out the worst matchmaking shit ever. So <laughs> I I could see that happen. Here, here's, here's what I think. The game was delayed a few months, right? Two months. Um, the, there's some things in the game that feel like they weren't beta tested. And I kind of have the feeling that this PS Plus launch, it might be like a pseudo beta test because there's the lobby thing. But then also, you know, this was supposed to be a premium title. And we can talk about this more next week. Um, it's primarily multiplayer, right? But there are three single player modes that you can play, but two of them are locked behind premium currency. Like, so there's some decisions in here that feel like very half thought out. Um, but well, I do want to put a little bit more time into it. Yeah, but this was supposed, like you said, it was supposed to be a sixty to seventy dollar, I think, launch title, and mm-hmm. clearly somebody was like, "That's." we can't we don't have a yeah we don't have enough of that uh so they they pivoted and tried to turn it into a ps plus game and they've got to make money somewhere right because yeah, ps if, plus i don't know how much of that money they actually see who who knows um but like it yeah i guess time will tell like in march is this going to be a premium title or is it going to be free to play because it feels like it's supposed to be free to play right now the way that they have the monetization structured if this becomes yeah. a premium title and they don't patch out that single player thing like that's just an insane oh, they, decision to like make. they I don't think it's going to become a premium title. That seems backwards. I think, if anything, it'll become yeah. more and more versions of free. Yeah, games sure. never trend away from free to play. <laughs> right, right. They generally don't. But it's it's hard to tell on a PS Plus launch, right? Because like like a Resogun, for instance, came out PS4 launch, and that's a premium title. Like it's only ten bucks, but it's a premium title. So I guess. Well, I don't think we should get into this, but I don't really know what your definition of premium title is i would not call resident a premium title. no no premium title what i mean by that is that you pay money to play to buy the game and then you own that game that's what i mean by premium title free to play is i don't put any money down and i can play the game okay yeah 
Uh, I guess before we move on, just a quick shout out to the new Mass Effect uh, Legendary, whatever it's called, trailer. Um, this, uh, you know, most people don't know, but we are an unofficial Mass Effect podcast. <laughs> yeah, we definitely called ourselves that right now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we did a whole episode recap, and then we, all of us professed our love for the franchise, and then we never talked about it again. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're fans of Mass Effect here, and so we should talk about it a little bit. I, I mean, to be honest, I am a little disappointed that it's not more, like it, it wasn't changed engines or anything. Like, it's just a remaster. I feel like that that uh, franchise deserves more than just a remaster, but I agree. it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. If yeah, they, I, I, I totally get it, but it's, <sighs> I wanted more. Yeah. They, they, they're changing it like the opposite of what I wanted in a way, <laughs> because, because like they're, they're making it look shinier and they're putting like mm-hmm. new tech in and stuff. And like everybody, everybody's going to make the case of, Oh, I think it looked better before just because a, it's the thing that you grew up with and B there's, there are good cases where it's like this thing that was supposed to look ominous now just looks like a technically better, but much less art directed version of that thing before. If you kind of know what I'm hinting Yeah. There's at also here. the whole 13 syndrome where they actually make it look worse in the remaster. I don't know if I've yeah, seen anything that looked worse yet. Though. Yeah, actually I kind, I usually don't agree with people like that. A lot of people said that about the dark souls remake. Um, where they didn't like some of the aesthetic choices, I think all it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember thirteen, what the the cell shaded shooter. Uh, that I kind of saw what people were saying. It's like, wow, it actually does not look as good as there the was original. a uh, there was a not insignificant backlash to that game, and I and you know say what you will, like developers worked hard on it, but it they they changed a lot of the way the game played from a core level, which uh, was not in the spirit of the game. So I am happy that they are keeping Mass Effect trilogy in the same engine so that it feels the same to play. Like that But it does it is, doesn't. Is, it feels the same, but it doesn't look the same. It doesn't I my my whole point that I'm making is like there are scenes in there that you you look at the comparison shots and it's like this is not conveying the same tone that the original did. And it's like I haven't seen yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I, I, I haven't noticed you. that yet myself. Either. Oh my god, just look at the one with the uh with the Reaper coming down. It's like one of the prime mm. ones. It's like it's like the the original one is like clearly not as technically there, or whatever, because mm-hmm. it's a two hundred year old game or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know they they use what they work with. It's like way more silhouetted. There's like smoke. It looks it's really ominous looking. And then they have the new one, and it's like the sunlight's behind it. You can see the ship a lot more. There's like there's like light reflecting off the ship, and it looks cool from a technical perspective, <laughs> but it doesn't look ominous anymore. I mean, it does. It's right. a giant fucking I, ship that looks you like know, a hand, but it's not the same tone. When you I were when you were starting to talk about it, that was what I had in my head. Like, a lot of old games use distance fog to cover up rendering shortcomings, but what that does a lot of times is it adds tons of atmosphere that becomes integral to the game. You think of, like, Ocarina of Time. If you play that on the Nintendo 64, it's like way more moody than if you play Ocarina of Time 3D on the DS because like a lot of that distance fog stuff gets reduced because now you can render things further away from the camera. So like that I is, agree if they if they remake Superman 64 and get rid of the kryptonite fog can't it just do it. won't be this it just it won't be the same game. The same. I'm always no. feeling on edge in that game and like you know like there's terror lurking behind every corner. <laughs> but behind every ring. So, so there's there's that whole part of it, and then my other I'm being like super like negative guy this episode, but but the other thing is they are changing the gameplay a little 
bit, but they're making it more arcadey, like more action game from what I've gathered. From what I've heard, they took the shooting mechanics and the driving mechanics from three and just carried that over into the first two games, which I'm kind of okay with, but like there is kind of a uh, like... um, like action park mentality is just like, no, I drove the Mako around these shitty planets when like it was hard as fuck. And I had to go up like these vertical <laughs> slopes and use my boost in really weird ways and essentially Skyrim roll with this Mako up and down mountains. Like there is a battle badge or, you know, there's a badge of honor that comes with like having played the original version. However, I'm curious, I'm curious if those are going to become super fucking boring now because your mind is in no way engaged with driving the Mako because they it's were so much fucking easy. boring then. They, they were. I know that's what I mean. They were boring then, but at least that you had to like think about how to steer the thing, and now you don't even have to do that. What are you even doing now? So <laughs> the the one thing I I'm going to say I'm going to say is good about the shooting mechanics and the Mako mechanics, which are the two big gameplay things they pointed out, is that depending on how this remaster plays, I'm kind of expecting and hoping that it's just one game like there's no end credits or anything like you get to the end of mass effect one and then it starts mass effect two that is not what they're doing they've said people i think people have asked that question and i think they have said no it will boot you out to the menu and you pick mass effect two that's kind of a bummer to me because maybe maybe you know next generation when they do the actual remake you know blue point games gets a hold of mass effect (laughs) like it'll just be one experience that would be it because i i i I'm now I'm disappointed. I, want, I, I didn't know I don't that. want that. I I don't want that. I don't I I can't play fucking 100 hour games. Well, Are you crazy? If they were like we shortened all three games to 4 hours, <laughs> that would be, be like great. Fuck, yes. Oh my god. That would be great. That's the uh, thing about the first game though is cuz I played it through twice. And this is okay, the last wait, wait, thing wait. I'm going to say about it, which is I spent like 70 80 hours on my first Shepherd, got to the end. I then played it again on easy with a completely different character focusing on biotics and finished it in like 20 hours. Like there's a lot of side content. Granted, a lot of that side content is like integral to feeling like mass effect, but like you can blow through that game. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Uh, is would uh, Avengers infinity war and Endgame have been better if it was one movie or is it, is there some value to having it, roll credits and then pick up again as a different movie. That's not quite a fair question. And here's why okay. we already played through all three mass effects and we have already played, or we've already watched both yeah. infinity wars. If they then released a new version of infinity war that was like, Oh, we've, we've combined the two stories and we've like remastered shit. People would buy that, but I guess it's not quite the same so. question, right? Like, yeah. Cause, cause, cause here's, here's what's, what's going to happen. Like going out to the menu between games and like, you know, loading in your new, your character that you played the first one with and just confirming through those menus because the character creators is the third thing they kind of conformed across all three titles, which is good. Um, like that just becomes something procedural that you do twice while you play through this game. All right, and actually, so there's here, there's not a huge disconnect there, right? Because like you're still putting the time into these games, you're still playing with one shepherd through all three. I I don't. Here's a, and here's you can a better example. At any point. Here's a better example. Uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, because it's, again, it's three games, three movies. Uh, I think that just narratively, there is something to having a closure, an act closure with like, uh, you know, a breather where you step away and then you re-enter with Act Two. 
And so I see some value to breaking it up. But they, I, they do I, that narratively already. I need to say I don't actually care that much about this. <laughs> I was just I just I was just saying your question before wasn't yeah. quite the same. Uh, All right, let's move. Let's, whether it uh, stops or not, who I don't. Yeah, you I can stop the game whenever I want. So yeah, whatever I guess. Yeah. Plus, yeah. yeah anyway, um, before we hit pitches, just want to call something out. I meant to do this last episode on our 100th episode, but including episode 100, guys, we have done 208 game pitches. That is a lot of pitches. It is and, a lot, and it's unfortunate that it's over 200 remember. and we couldn't meet we couldn't we couldn't prepare for the 200th one but here's what i'm going to say we've had a few ideas that are maybe similar to hast ideas ah. and maybe there's about 8 of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe there's 9 of them and we're about to pitch our 200th idea maybe well this this one's not going to be wholly original so <laughs> okay. i don't know uh but I like where your head's at. Let's let's run with that. Um, so uh, I talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago of uh, my octopus teacher. Matt, did you ever get around to watching that? No, I think I'll just cry and cry and cry, and I don't even know what it is. I don't think that's true. It but sounds anyway, sad. It just sounds sad not, to me. It's not. No, I mean it's 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 not. But anyway, uh, I've been watching that. I've been watching uh, Our Planet. I think that's what it's called. It's one yeah. of the Planet Earth style things with Attenborough. It's, I think it's a 2019 thing on Netflix. And uh, man, that I, one was depressing. Was it? Well, it starts off like, it's like, I only, okay, I only watched crumbling from within, like no, nature is falling apart and everyone's dying. And now I'm it's Australia for some reason. It's always the um, That's not at all what he says. But I only, I only watched one episode. Maybe it turns into doom and gloom <laughs> later in the series. But anyway, uh, quick shout out to that. Uh, stunning uh, like one of the most stunningly photograph photograph things i've ever seen uh and there's apparently a making of because like a, as i'm watching it i'm like how are they doing this this is incredible and then so apparently there is a making of on netflix as well so watching all this nature stuff especially like underwater things uh there's an awesome segment in the first episode where they show these uh i think they are called boobies uh, they dive under Yeah. The word they dive, they're flying above the water and they actually like torpedo and go like, you know, five, six feet underwater to catch fish. And it's like awesome. And there's amazing, um, footage of it. So all this stuff kind of coalesced in my mind. And I thought there's not enough underwater games. Now we had Abzu, which was very cool. It's like you're a diver and you're just kind of going through these like really colorful, vibrant worlds. And it's very surreal, kind of cel-shaded, stylized graphics. And it was great. Uh, chill, very chill game. Um, then there's Subnautica, which is also awesome. But there's nothing that really scratches that itch that Echo the Dolphin has. Echo the oh. Dolphin was a really awesome game for the Genesis. And then they made a pretty decent sequel for the Dreamcast. I believe I uh, was so yeah I was actually just trying to look that up and I can't find any Dreamcast footage was it uh, Sega CD or like no, Sega no. Saturn was that what the it was, CD one was called no no it was uh I didn't have either of those systems and I played oh, it Dolphin so Saturn. it was 3D though um it was definitely 3D and that's what made it a little bit difficult to like control and stuff I wasn't but. sure if it was on Saturn or if it was on like I always yeah. think it was on Dreamcast, but I guess not. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, it was, it was on N64, wasn't it? Maybe. If we say all the consoles, we're going to get it. <laughs> we're going to hit it. Yeah, definitely. Because I, mean, I, I vaguely I remember been this. looking now. it up this whole time. And oh, it, I think it is Dreamcast. It is Dreamcast. Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future. What uh-huh. a baller title. God, Defending the Future. He's just, just a dolphin. You know that game was about aliens, right? Yeah, because that's yeah. the one where they go up about against X-Files, fight the future, and and then their two are warring. No. That's my whole sentence. Yes, no, period. Uh, so anyway, Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff we could do. And I, I actually do like the sci-fi alien kind of like bent to it. I think it'd be really fun. So basically, all that preamble is like, what would a new Echo the Dolphin game look like? What, what would it do? What would it feel like? What would you? What, what are some mechanics you could use? That's my prompt. Because I think uh, I think part of this question is what can we do now that we couldn't do? Yeah. Sure. I guess on like the Dreamcast, like what can we make use of? There's, so a, lot there's of, a lot of. Oh, Jeff, what is there a lot of? But <laughs> well, I, mean, I was going to say there are a lot of mechanics in the two games Danish specifically mentioned that would be super useful. Um, there in Abzu, you can take, you can like meditate on these stones and take control of, of sea creatures and swim around and do the whole thing, which is very cool. Which was, which was really cool. But correct me if I'm wrong. That was just for fun. Like that was never part of an actual puzzle or anything like that. Right. Yes. Um, and, and we were talking about super Mario Odyssey earlier. You can take control of almost anything in that game. Um, and there are fish levels where you're swimming around. So, um, that's one thing. The other thing, Subnautica, like you have this really cool tech progression, of like going deeper and going further in the game and exploring like just crazy shit. So I think like swimming mechanics, like in the bag, that's something that you can just do now um, and have it feel really good. And, uh, and then two, like let's, let's dig in real quick. How would you do that? Just um, by like, like basically first person, like flight type controls or I think, I think that's the way to do it. Although I would want this to be third person, like a big part How of Echo the Dolphin to me. Work, Jeff? Oh, Man Eater. That's a great, yeah. Man Eater is, is like third person flight controls and it feels great. Okay. It's very arcadey, but it, it does feel good. I totally forgot. Thanks, Matt. Hey, got you. Um, <laughs> anyway, continue. So what I'm getting at here is that like you have this kind of third person flight control like paradigm that's kind of already in place. Um, I think Abzu did the same thing with their swimming. Um, but what I'm saying is the cool thing about Echo the Dolphin, which you touched on is the sci-fi, which Maneater also touches on. So like the idea of... It does? <laughs> yes, it really does. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, don't, don't spoil it. I eventually want to play that game. Oh, it's so it's like good. It was right free. Now, Did you grab it last month on PS I think Plus? I might've. Oh, I think I last might've. month. I think I got it. Oh, um, Maybe. cause they had the new PS5 version. Anyway, um, having like these actual tech upgrades and like making your own cyborg dolphin, out of like scavenged pieces and things I think would be really cool as a way to push the boundaries of your exploration and then kind of harkening way back to the first game, having it be this kind of Metroidvania feeling yes. where like you're, you're, you know, a little backtracking, but really just like exploring this like labyrinthine underwater environment would be very cool. Okay. So what here's, if, here's, right. I want I want to add some, some wrinkles and wrenches into the gears here. Um, the, the the big emphasis in Echo the Dolphin was like halfway through the game, maybe not even halfway through the game, you end up on an 
alien spaceship and you're going through all these like super weird areas. <laughs> um, yeah. What if the game, and I'm trying to use the whole like modern being able to load levels basically instantly now. What yeah. if there's like two worlds that you're constantly going through? It's sort of like the link between worlds thing where mm-hmm. you're there's like an alien ocean and there is the human ocean or the earth ocean and you're you're really trying to like bounce back and forth between that. And I, I really liked also Jeff's idea of uh cyborg dolphin, but yeah. I, I'm also struggling with this idea that like I isn't Echo supposed to sort of represent like nature? Right? Yes. Here, okay. Yeah. This is exactly what I was gonna say. Is it should be like Ghosts of Tsushima, where you are like dishonoring your fellow dolphins by becoming more cyborgy, and that's <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a choice that you can make, and it's like almost like not dark side, like Paragon Renegade, like not exactly that, maybe or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe you could turn and turn bad, and then like at the end, like they flip a switch and now all cybernetics like have to obey the hive mind and now like you're the bad guy or something. I don't know. It could, it could go crazy. With okay. That. Okay. There's some really interesting stuff there. One, um, just want to point out like anything underwater has like tons of like hanging particle effects. Like, you know, there's just shit in the water. There's leafy greens and seaweed and stuff. You could totally do garbage. Well, no, you, I was going to say you can totally do the, um, the ghost of Tsushima wind thing, but with ocean currents, like that would be very cool. Ooh. Follow um, the garbage. <laughs> the other thing, <laughs> but like that kind of works for the environmental thing too. Um, but what I was going to say is this idea of becoming the enemy. Like it reminds me of Star Trek when he becomes Lucius of the Borg. Um, like there's something really interesting there about like you unwittingly becoming like the arm of evil at like halfway yeah. through the game and then having to fight out of that evil influence. Quake did that. Really? Quake Quake 4? I think it was Quake 4. Do you remember that there was a Quake 4? No. Yeah, there was a Quake 4, and I think like halfway through the game, you get captured by whatever the bad guys in Quake are, and you get like cyborg parts, and you're like a walking machine. It gets really weird because (laughs) you end up going back to Earth, and you are like a full cyborg who looks exactly like the enemy, but they must have realized that they also need to keep the game going past this point. So (laughs) you're like in you're you go back to the base and you're, you're like talking to people and you're, you're fucking like cyborg, crazy lunatic alien looking guy. And people are treating you not normal, but like way too normal for what unearthly abomination that you must be at this point. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. It it reminds me of the transition from Bioshock 1 to Bioshock 2. And I think they played with that idea of like you becoming like an element of of like the bad guys in the second game, but like kind of turning that on its head and making you more ambiguous and then also introducing like other evil forces with the big sisters. Um all, all, all to say is that, like, I think you can do really interesting things in the second half of this game, uh, you know, based off of other examples. Did you say Metroidvania at one point? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's kind of what the, the 3D one The was cyborg like. thing gets you this, the cyborg thing, like, you can, because I'm trying to decide, maybe you have to do that part, and maybe the game is more about using technology. You're using alien technology to go back to earth waters and i don't know do we want to do like a uh 
save the earth thing with yeah yeah i think you absolutely do but uh oh, you made me think of time travel what if i was thinking the same throughout thing, yeah. the game these alternate worlds are actually like prehistory and like post-history locations that you're traveling between so like you know the idea of ancient aliens or something maybe you have to go back oh, in time sure. to like a prehistoric version of the ocean you've been swimming in to get like specific upgrades or to like you know access specific areas and so it's kind of like that titanfall 2 thing where you're flipping between time periods kind of on the fly to navigate puzzles that's that cool. Be a, that should be a twist. You think it's an alien world, but it's been yours the whole time Ooh, because you yeah. see the Statue of Liberty. Yep, exactly. Um, I I also want to touch back on what you were saying, Jeff, about like Abzu letting you control animals. That's got to be something. Like, uh, you know, Echo gets some implants or whatever and becomes telepathic in a way. I mean, I guess, wasn't he always sort of kind of telepathic? To more know, telekinetic, could, but he telekinetic. There are other dolphins anyway. in the first game that you're like saving. So what if like you almost get like companions that you can temporarily take control of to solve puzzles? Yes, and you end that's, up with like that's a where squad. I was going. That's exactly where I was going, and uh, maybe yeah, because I think that's the one thing Abzu was missing, which is still fun. But and they all kind of you know it didn't they didn't flesh out the system. They all kind of controlled the same and everything. But yeah, imagine GTA style, like you just <laughs> hijack another. Uh, you know, porpoise or whatever, and it's like it's got different abilities, and I can now you can be like a crab, and you can do other things. I I don't know. You can blow that up like pretty huge, but it'd be pretty fun. What if, what if Echo gets a shark pal, and that's the yep. switch? You're switching between shark pal and dolphin, and they both have their own strengths and weaknesses. I like that. And the shark pal, maybe he's the one. Sharks are male, I guess, in my head. That. <laughs> uh, can put on all the robot parts and stuff. Cause I really want echo to stay pure. Yeah. I think that's like sort of echoes thing, but you I get the shark that. in there. It's interesting. Two weeks ago, we had a dolphin and shark game too. Um, we did. Did we? Yeah. Where you, well, I mean, it kind of, no, it was the one was where it you, week? It was, Oh, it was last week. Yeah, it was last. It was the civilization one where the dolphins oh, escape earth. But that, but that was like, it's a totally different I, I, game. I just, yeah, I just yeah, wanted that, to point out how interesting it is that we have this fixation on dolphins and sharks. Dolphins as a and podcast. sharks make the best games. History yeah. has shown. Yeah. Eventually, you can unlock the Meg. We all. Oh, good. of course. Oh my god. That should be like it's, the end game. Imagine like a giant Robo Meg. Like it's huge, and you're 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 fucking up like giant polluting. I don't know. Are the aliens polluting, or is it just because humans suck still, and they're just doing that? Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to bridge the gap between the alien world and our world, and how those mechanically interact with each other. Like, am I going to the alien world to get upgrades and stuff, and and do that, and then come back here so that I can do stuff in our world? Well, like, that'd be well, kind of cool. Jeff was kind of suggesting you replace that with the time travel law society thing, right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not so much like you're only going to the other one to get specific things. It's just like, like um, again, like in Titanfall. It's where, more like, like Link Between Worlds. There's a cave-in, you know, that you can't access, and so the only way you can get into that cave is by going back in time, and now you can explore that. So it's it's like, it's just fragmenting the game world, that Metroidvania up in, in time uh, sentence. In time yeah. sentence. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, here's here's the thing. So I really like the idea of you being able to take control of a variety of sea creatures. But if it's going to be a dolphin and a shark, which is an unlikely friendship, and there's a lot of room for like like uh, homeward bound romance or whatever in there, um, like I still want you to be able to temporarily grab like sea creatures that might be near a puzzle or something, you know, that you have to interact with. So what if <laughs> this is going to sound stupid? What if as a dolphin you're a were shark, and there no. are certain circumstances where this you turn a into lot. a shark? No. This no. is a much? lot. No. <laughs> Shutting it down. <laughs> because that my I'm trying so hard to keep Echo pure. Right. And you were just bastardizing uh, yes. him? <laughs> well, it, it, it turns the whole like nature against technology thing into an internal battle as well. That that was more yeah, what I was getting at. I just but think I see how it's unnecessary and overly complex. I think it's harder to make a game period. No, like I think it, if you have all this choice to to either fully upgrade your your wear shark into crazy Bruce with like tank guns and shit and all that stuff, or you stay pure Echo the whole time, making a game that works for both those scenarios has got to be the the hardest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like if we just have a character whose whole thing is upgrading and Echo's yeah, whose yeah. whole thing is maybe Echo's like super fast. Cause that's like how dolphins are mm-hmm. better than sharks. So maybe Echo is more about these like fast a like time trials and Echo's also like dolphins are also smart. And that's like, yeah. I think probably how the original Echo was like designed. Like you gotta be fast. You gotta be smart. And so there's puzzles and stuff yeah. that you're trying to work out. And then you get this whole other shark angle, which is just like, fuck up the machines that are polluting and like you just watch yeah. i don't know like some horrible like shark sad st- i don't want to sad stuff but you know bad shit happens to sharks and like you get to fuck up the fishermen i basically i mean i guess it kind of basically turns into jeff's shark game <laughs> man eater well, like I, mean, I don't think it's bad if you have like the other half of the game just be a version of man eater because again man eater is hella fun like i fucking love that game no no but, um, but the, the, the big difference though is man eater is about the surface. And oh, sure. This this is about the depths of the ocean. Right, right. So it's complete. Like, and I agree. I, I was gonna even go further and say, what if the shark and dolphin is like a way out, or it takes oh, two, shit. where oh, it's man. like you know, forced co-op. You know, that's I think that's awesome. Very interesting. I was. And, I've been. I've been thinking of this like idea that I had too much respect for you guys to say out loud until now. <laughs> Where like, what if it was Destiny and there was like three different classes of underwater? underwater oh, the other one has to be an octopus. Animal. It has to be an octopus. Oh shit! <laughs> now we have our three classes: octopus, shark, and really Echo like the this. dolphin. Yeah. Oh man, this I is like really this. good. Um, so Echo and friends: colon save the planet through time. Now, okay, here's what I'm going to suggest. I think we just drop Echo the dolphin entirely, so that oh, no. I feel better about having. Fish destiny, Upgra- fish upgrades, yeah. Fish destiny, fish, fish destiny upgrades. Because then I can, then I have my character progression on Echo, and that way, when we do the raid, the Echo raid. Well, it's not Echo now. When we do the Dolphin raid, we, you know, we all have our different abilities. What the fuck does a octopus do though? <laughs> so, so hold on. I just want to back up a second. You said like, not upgrade Echo. I think that, just like the shark has make like, uh bionic upgrades echo would have like nature upgrades like you would would collect like a seashell and that seashell would allow you to do x y and z you know like so there'd still be progression 
It's just XP. Uh, you don't have to do your seashells. It's just XP. You get better. It's yeah, sure. Telepath, telepathic stuff. He can he can f- send like force shockwaves to crumble. We are walls not. We are not positive that Echo is telepathic. He uses uh, echolocation in the original game. I don't remember what? any telepathy. <laughs> he, so. No, no, Matt, you're Google, right. Like, but echo the, the echolocation looks exactly like comic book telepathy, and because well. he can like push and pull things, like it just feels like telekinesis. There were like, um, but yeah, I, there I, were, like, I say you orbs. lean into it. There were like orbs that you could push around or something. I, I remember there was a lot of orb-based. I feel like there are crystals solving. too. Maybe yeah. I'm making crystals up. Yeah, I don't know that matters. We can step away from that. So, stuff, so octopus, um, octopus. First of all. Uh, they are not from this planet. I think we need to, in this game, they are aliens because that yes. was like some theory a few years ago. Or is there, not a theory, but I think no, uh, it's, it's because they, they share so little DNA with the rest yeah, of life on Yeah, they were like, they yeah. might as well be aliens, I think is yeah. what they said. So let's okay. just fucking make them aliens. So here's, here's my classes. Here's but they're on classes. our side. Uh, Shark is all about like strength and power. And that's yep. the cybernetic upgrades. Echo or the dolphin class, whether it's Echo or not, is all about like nature and empathy. Uh-huh. Speed, right? speed though. Well, speed, speed smart, too. telepath. Yeah. Um, but the octopus is the smartest creature on the planet Earth. It's smarter than crows and other corvids. It's smarter than Homo sapiens and and other uh, uh, sapiens, um, simians. Um, you should definitely not eat octopus. It's kind of fucked up. They're too so, smart for that shit. Right. Like yeah. eat a horse or something. They're dumb. Yeah, you just go eat a horse. Um, <laughs> so the octopus, but also has like mechanical stuff. Like the octopus can fucking pick a lock. The octopus can squeeze into the tiniest spaces, yeah. even if it's big. So I think octopus that's where is you the get... stealth one. Exactly. That's what oh, I was yes. getting at. Well, they have camouflage, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So, so holy shit, they octopus do. Is... Yeah, octopus, octopus have, is stealth. they have skills. They have yeah. actual RPG skills, like, baked <laughs> yeah. in. So, so Echo is the one who's able to, like, recruit other animals temporarily. Like, they're, whole, like, they're the, the summoner, <laughs> if you will, um, in addition to being, like, fast. Um, but, like, their whole thing is, like, recruiting and controlling smaller sea creatures. Or maybe, like, you get a fucking blue whale for something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that way you get your, your raid classes. Now you can do interesting things with the three of them. Raids should definitely be like, you just said blue whale. And I was like, well, I don't want to be a blue whale. I do want to fight a blue whale, but I don't want to fight a good blue whale. I want to fight an abomination alien oh, robot yeah. blue whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Borg new whale. A Borg whale. <laughs> That'd be fun. And then it's just like you blow all the parts off of him and he's happy again. Right, and also you yeah. get all your oh loot, yeah, your, your that's loot. a good Didn't, idea. They did that in a oh shit. What game was that? That I mean, Sonic kind of does that, right? Like you're freeing animals yeah. that are inside the robots. Yeah, um, but I like that's that how a that lot. works. If you blow up all the robot parts, they go back to normal. <laughs> Man, they should have like I'm I'm still a little miffed that that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, oh, it'll be there. Like they're, they're gonna, when when the little drone it. comes in and Sonic smashes it, like a little little bluebird should have flown out and said thanks. Well, I guess you could say that Robotnik hasn't hadn't gone full insane yet, so maybe that's next true. time that's going to be his thing. Yeah, and that I mean that the reveal at the end of his look and everything, I feel like it's coming. That's a good point. Yeah, that yeah. better be there. I'm with you. Uh, what else? We got to add anything to this? I think I, I really like the idea good. of a class based underwater adventure uh, with with like character upgrades and stuff. Yeah, it's great. It, this maybe feels it really doesn't. Good. Maybe it doesn't have to be like the whole Destiny with like raids and stuff. I, I, 
just like a class based even if it's just a story just like class based uh mm-hmm. potentially three players one of which is an octopus i don't know that seems fun to me it's really good it's what really do you guys good. think about the octopus requiring multiple players to control the one octopus? I was going to say he has to ride around on a, another character because he's so slow otherwise. Oh, that's good. So you could like latch on to the I think I think a, that's interesting. Kind of do like almost like a Spider-Man They're not really thing. that slow, but they're slower than dolphins, yes. Definitely slower than dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Dolphins are the fastest oh, followed Spider-Man. by sharks. Spider-Man. He's like just lashing onto things with his... That's, that's what I'm saying. It's just like flinging, arm, yeah. arm, like swinging between the shark and the dolphin as they're speeding through. That's yeah. cool. Also, the, well, I guess the, the oct- octopus don't have octopus don't have ink. <laughs> I was thinking they could ink, but uh, that's they a, do. Uh, they do. Do they, they do? do? I thought yeah. that was just a squid thing. No, they it's do it's both. Oh fuck yeah! Octopus can ink. He puts down basically like but a that's smoke that's grenade. like your smoke cloud. Yeah, smoke grenade. Yeah, yeah. he puts out a smoke cloud and turns like invisible. He's the hunter class. This is it. This is perfect. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So, octopus is the hunter. That that means that dolphin is the warlock and the titan is the shark. Yeah, that doesn't totally doesn't totally work. Mesh. I think we're we're playing a little bit of Calvin Ball between the I, This is the third episode in a row where I have said Calvin Ball, I think. Uh between so we do. I would yeah, I would was... pitch a Calvin Ball game, but it would just constantly change. We'd never arrive on anything. That's I true. think Dan pitched a Calvin Ball game. Oh man! You're oh, right he did. did. He did. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was one of the everybody... uh, two hundred, or I'm sorry, one hundred and ninety nine pitches we've done. Do you think everybody yeah. knows that Cal the Term? reference? Yeah, what Calvin Ball is? I mean, okay, I quick so. reco: read Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. Yeah, yeah, it's learn um, about Calvin Ball. Fantastic. Report back. <laughs> and Matt, yeah. you need to watch my octopus teacher and report back. How many is so? You sad. really do. It's not sad. Oh my god! It's not sad. Only I might even bit. give our planet a try since Standish said that's not sad. I mean, it well, was the first episode. Wasn't you made it sound sad? I remember it being sad, but there are a lot of nature shows that I start watching and don't finish. So it could have been one of a million. Oh, I mean, uh, Planet Earth two or whatever that came out like you know around the time where hd or 4k blu-rays were kind of the thing uh that was like one of the things i got and there are episodes of that that are like yeah watch this animal fucking die it's whichever like, yeah. one i started watching episode one david attenborough specifically is giving a monologue about how we're destroying the environment and how everything is disappearing and, and everything is horrible oh my god yeah. i'm getting sad all right all right uh, someone someone should make someone should make this Echo the Dolphin. So we should make Fish Destiny. Uh, fish, I, I think fish, we should. <laughs> fish Destiny. Yep. Fish Destiny. Uh, very good. Can this game All be right. called Dolphin Safe? Okay. Eh. Eh. There's it's, probably it's a, a one. It's a good joke, but it but it leaves the shark and the octopus out. Well, they're... May, nah, yeah, you're right. It is I a saw good joke. A, uh, I, I saw a... You know how they make those dumb, like, Sharknado movies? Um... I saw one that was called Sky Sharks. And, <laughs> In the world uh, of tomorrow? I, I like Sky Sharks. Sky Sharks are two good words that go good together. Um, and also the cover, the shark had lasers coming out of them. <laughs> yes. Whoa. So, yeah. So, anyway. Well, that's someone what, should make that's this. That's why someone should make yeah. that. Um, Sky Sharks. Actually, we made Sky Sharks last week. That was yeah, the one where they, oh, they, they go sharks. into space. Yeah, it was Sky Sharks. Anyway. Uh, yeah, someone should make that. Let's move on to the recos. 
uh, I have a two. Uh, one is I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with my kids, uh, five and 11. And my five-year-old was terrified of the giant bugs. Uh, but, and even the friendly ant that they like work, you know, like ride and like becomes a pet. Like anytime they would cut back to the kids and like they were on the ant or the ant was like following them, she would scream and like put her blanket <laughs> over her face. Uh, but then eventually over the course of the movie, she kind of started getting used to it. And then by the time the ant died, spoilers, she was legit sad about it. Yeah. But that's other awesome. than that, that movie is great. That movie holds up 100%. It's a blast. It's funny. Rick Moranis is amazing. The kids are all good. The special effects are really charming. I I didn't think that movie would hold up as much as it did. And I watched it because uh, Christian Spicer on Twitter from the DLC podcast basically said the same thing. And I was like, oh, well, great. I'm going to do it. And then, so it's on Disney Plus. Watched it and uh, recommend that. The other pitch is a show on Netflix called Lupin, which is uh, based on the sort of gentleman thief character the famous character that lupin the third the anime series kind of you know drew from is it and oh oh wait i thought it was related to the anime but but it's based on the thing the anime was based on yes that's why i was so confused about all this okay i thought lupin the third was just that that was it and then i saw this come out and i got real confused about what was going on yeah yeah so they're both like you know take uh, takes on the original material i think uh, anyway, it's really good. Every I, I've only watched uh, one episode, but it's I think every episode is a different heist, and oh. they're all very fun. It's 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 lighthearted at times. It's cheesy, but also there's actually real good drama. There's a lot of like class and stuff going on, and like racism at play. Like there's it, it deals with some issues, but it's it's never not fun in the actual heist and it's got a level of cheese that I really like, but I can see if someone's like taking it too seriously, there might be too many like coincidences or like, you know, that sort of thing, like contrivances. But I think the tone of it kind of glosses over that in in a fun way. So I highly recommend Lupin on Netflix. It's great. Awesome. I've heard great things. I I have a question, Danish. Uh, Have your kids watched Ant-Man with Paul Rudd? Yeah. But they make those ants way cuter. Okay, that's than that was my Honey, question. I the kids. Honey, I shrink the kids. Ants and there's a scorpion that shows up. They are legit gross looking, like really gross, like very accurate and gross. <laughs> uh, where Ant Man, they totally cutified them like a lot. In fact, I think on <laughs> well, the, the naming of, Susan B. <clears throat> Anthony, um, you know, so good. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah. Anthony's great. Uh, there's even okay. This this is interesting and doesn't matter. But in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you have ugly ant that you grow to yeah. love, and then it yeah. dies, and it devastates you, and sets you on this life path where every time somebody talks about an animal, you get sad. Yeah. And then Ant Man has really cute ants. One of them dies, and you don't give a shit. Well, I think it's not the cuteness factor. I think it's just that Antony was not as big a part of it. Uh, as the ant, as Auntie was in Honey and Shakespeare Kids, yeah, because Auntie saves that. Like, it's a fucking like great moment when they're attacked by the scorpion, and then Auntie comes out of nowhere, and it's like fucking uh, Pacific Rim happening oh, with yeah. the <laughs> ant versus scorpion. 
Uh, that's a big moment. I don't think there's an equivalent to that in Ant-Man. The, yeah, but the other like thing friends. is that Whatever. Ant-Man and the Marvel movies in general, like de-emphasize the individual ants and like the naming of the ants becomes the bit. And so he's constantly re- like cycling through them because they're dying and they just gloss over that part. So I think I wasn't looking for an explanation. <laughs> I, weren't you? I just, we're like no, you I just, said, I just said, hey, shit. guys, here's a weird thing. And I even said it doesn't matter. Well, I'm sorry. It matters. <laughs> Damn. Right, Matt, speaking of mattering, what, what do you have for a reco? Okay. My reco, we found this YouTube channel last night, and it is a Chinese girl who does, uh, I, I want to say, like, she does a little bit of cosplay. She does, uh, like, all kinds of crafts and stuff. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Zhao Qian Fang, I believe. Danish helped me out a lot with this before the episode started. Um, I should spell that. Uh, X-I-A-O-Q-I-A-N-F-E-N-G. Uh, but yeah, it's this, it's this like, it's this Chinese girl and she does all kinds of different crafts. Like one of the, the first episode we watched was how to make a glowing thermal katana from, <laughs> from uh, cyberpunk. And then there's another one where she makes a little like, a house for her pet hedgehog and it's just like that's sort of like the range of things that you get in here she made this that's this awesome. suit that was like a, a robot suit and looking at the if you look at the thumbnail of this video you're like oh she just like photoshopped herself next to some b-movie sci-fi robot or something but no she made this whole thing out of like wood and cardboard and uh newspaper just like all these like really basic stuff um, That's nuts. I'm looking at this now. It does not look like cardboard. Or it's like, crazy. It, it looks really real. Yeah, and it's like like that, like the crazy cardboard Iron Man costumes that like actually actuate and yeah, stuff and yeah. open the mask. Like it blows my mind that people can do it. Every time I throw a cardboard box out, I feel guilty because there are people like this that exist in the that world. could turn it into the cure for whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I made there, a rocket. I you made a rocket. There, <laughs> that rocket was awesome. You're basically Elon Musk now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she does this thing with uh, with newspaper where she re- she like she like bundles up newspaper and she she uses that to form the shape of the the headpiece and like you know it's newspaper so there's like little crin- like no matter how smooth you make it there's little crinkles there's little pieces of paper that like don't f- sit totally flat or whatever and she mm-hmm. put like a coating on it just like a light coating it wasn't to like smooth it out or anything. And then when she was done painting it, all of these imperfections and weird creases and lines in the newspaper just made it look like super fucked up, like metal. Like it was this like battle tested robot thing. It looks so cool. Um, so there's stuff like that. And like what's crazy about it is that's one video. She doesn't have like 10 robot videos. She has one robot video. She has one katana video. She has one uh, making a, a cat climbing thing she has the hedgehog like it's all these different things it's not like she's just doing what she's good at she's doing like all of these different things and she's good at all of them um also she doesn't speak at all which sounds like i'm saying a shitty thing but i just i like youtube videos where people just do their thing and they don't talk um because it's it does it have that good like asmr thing going to with like really nice audio like chipping away Um, sound effects Maybe a little bit. She she does have kind of goofy music playing in the background that it's probably mm. going to distract from any of your ASMRs. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's one of those. Th- the thing I like about it is like when you watch a lot of I, I don't know, maybe it, when I when I watch like uh, Adam Savage, right? 
he yeah. talks about every step of the process and he, he yeah. shows every step of the process. And like, there's a lot of things where it's like, I get what you're doing. You don't have to explain this. She does her videos in a way where she doesn't say anything and you still understand everything she's doing. Um, you don't, you like, you don't need that explanation. Um, and also it's like, like the prehistoric guy, the, the guy who makes huts and stuff, right? The what? Oh, the prehist- primitive technology. Yeah. Primitive technology. He yeah. Imagine if he made a robot suit. That's kind of, what is it? <laughs> well, no, I was saying that like, he doesn't narrate until Jeff pointed out to me that he narrates in the subtitles, which is genius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Also, I it's like that out. Maybe Matt did. I, yeah, I, I think I'm I sorry. But like the lasso Javier, like it's just all subtitles. Even Luke Towen is like very light on his narration. I love the way. I wouldn't say it's light. It's very soothing. I love hearing Luke Towen. Luke Towen's a shit. But back to this one. Um, last thing I want to say is like 99% she uses like manual hand tools for everything. She'll be cutting through like the, the an oak tree with like a hand tool. Like, it's just like, it's insane. Like everything is like so much care and stuff goes into it. The only thing I would say is I wish there was some explanation of her planning phase because mm. she really, she'll be cutting out these like super intricate little pieces and folding them into a crazy perfect shape that fits wherever. And like, I'm, I just, I feel like you can't just do that in your head. Like there has to be a CAD yeah. program somewhere, but maybe like, and this is why I want to see that process. Like maybe she can do that. I want to like, if she can do that, I want to see what that looks like. Um, but right. also if there's a CAD program that just makes me feel better as a human being, because <laughs> I would not be able to do that stuff uh, from my head. Uh, so yeah, it is. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm going to try, try to say it again. Zhao Qian Feng. This is very good. I'm yeah. Uh, I'm. I just subscribed. This is Same. amazing. I'm going to be watching all these. That's great. Uh, Jeff, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, I have another Netflix thing. Uh, this is a true crime documentary. Uh, it's really short. I think it's only 80 minutes. Called Long Shot. And yep, I saw this. I was very good. Wasn't aware of any of this, but it has a very strong tie-in to Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David that I did not see coming. Um, it's, it's a crazy story. It's really nuts, but like it's, it's has a happy ending. Like how (laughs) often do you have a true crime doc that like makes you feel really good when you're done watching it? It does. That doesn't exist. I've seen enough to know that this is a, a one in a million shot kid. Um, long shot on Netflix. If you like true crime, if you like, um, like kismet and weird happenstance and coincidence like that works out in a cool way like definitely check this out it is this is about baseball ki- yeah. well sort of kind of i'm just um, i'm looking at a trailer i just want to make sure i'm looking at the right movie yeah right yeah, yeah. Baseball, baseball plays a huge part in it basically the the pitch is uh, a man is falsely accused of murder and the whole doc is about his alibi yeah oh. It's it's really good and yeah it's short it's very easy to just get in and watch it it's like forty minutes or whatever yeah nice. uh, it's it's cool um, also I I didn't think this is what the long shot you were referring to I thought you were talking about the uh, Charlize Theron Seth Rogen movie which is very good and if you ever see it I highly recommend it I I loved that movie uh, yeah. it was very underrated it's like a romantic comedy where Charlize Theron's like running for president or something yeah oh yeah she's like a big political figure and he's just yeah, like some yeah. dopey totally dude. forgot about that one. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, people should talk about it more. Uh, awesome. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Someone Should Make This. Thanks for listening. You could always tweet at us at, at Make This Podcast, and it would help us if you gave us a rating on iTunes. 
And if you have any comments, a game idea of your own, or think one of our ideas already exists, email us at someone should make this podcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Mariachi Entertainment System for letting us use their music for our theme song. You can hear more of their music at mariachimes.com. Till next week, we've done the hard part. Now someone should make it. Now someone, someone should, should make, make it. it. You just did it normal and it fucked us. Yeah, up. I switched it up. Like that.